Hey everybody, this is Andy. Uh, I just wanted to give a quick uh, show note uh, for our epic two-part music of 1993. Usually when we do these episodes, I struggle so hard to try to find uh, a bumper that really plays with the theme of the music of any given year. So I've decided that I could do that... Welcome, Rump Shakers, to Geek Salad episode 200, soundtrack for working the games at Whalem Park. I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Catherine. And eventually, we will be joined by uh, Joe, uh, who had to go uh, jumpstart his wife's car, so hopefully he will be able to join us very soon. Um, for this epic two-part, two-sided, if you will, look back at the music of 1993. 30 years have passed. Have the songs held up? I guess these two episodes are going to give us plenty of time to figure that out. So how are you guys doing? Oh, not bad. Uh, tired. That's good. Tired? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. Um, I, I recently just uh, had my first bout of COVID. So congratulations. It's not fun. Which Sorry, it was honestly, it was nothing but still not fun. Yeah. Well, at least you so. caught it after getting all of the vaccination shots and being oh, very oh yes now. So yes, I, I I am more machine now than man. <laughs> so twisted in and, anywho, and you leave the five G reception I'm getting now. So anyway, <laughs> oh, let's start. What's that? Phones. My 5G phone struggles with uh, with reception, so therefore I must definitely you, need more shots. You need to stand next to me. It'll it, it'll just be like the 5G G is to 5G. Excellent. So we usually we normally what we do is with these episodes, as our past listeners of uh, the show know, that we'll cover in two parts where we cover the singles on on the first part and the albums on the second part. And we always kick it off with the uh, number ones from the Billboard Hot 100. And every year, we seem to blow through this list faster and faster and faster because I don't know about you two. I could give a shit. Well, it's because it's, it, it always remains, like, mostly pop. And it's also, you know, like what currently is, you know, one of the things I'm going to talk about actually hit the Billboard Hot 100 at one point back in the day. But now this is, like... This is what we got is pop. I mean, yeah. I, like, 
I like two of the songs. Okay. Um, maybe three. No. Maybe three. Okay. Well, I was, I was just gonna say it's just funny the disconnect because most of the, the album sales are going to be a lot of stuff that we, that the top album sellers of 1993, the stuff we're going to talk about episode, uh, in the second part of this episode. Um, it's just crazy to me that a lot of the the singles just don't match up with that in any way shape or form so let's just like before i'm gonna run them down if you got anything about it we can pause and the first one a carryover from 1992 with an additional nine friggin weeks that is two months and a week that is i will always love you by whitney houston boring yeah Yeah. We talked about this uh, last year and, yeah. you know, like my my bus driver had gotten a radio on the bus and we got to hear this a bunch and it was just intolerable. Yeah, yeah this, this song, her version of this song is not worth all the time it stayed at number one. No, yeah. God, no. Uh, I, I mean, you know, uh, Dolly Parton's version may be Whitney Houston's version now. I like Whitney Houston songs. Some Whitney Houston songs. This is not one of them. Yeah, I, I think this to- in Toto spent like got four months at number one. It's not worth. It. I think I think in '92 it was seven weeks at number one, and then an additional nine. Oh it's Lord! A long time to be on top. Yeah, it's a long time for and I. Yeah, thud. Always love you. <laughs> yeah, uh, you didn't love Kevin Costner that much, trust me. Yeah, no, no, no trust me. Okay, no, when when, like, when I struggled to find a decent clip for our our look back on the body on uh, the bodyguard, then yeah, not exactly. <laughs> Never seen that movie. Nor and, I. And. Like after having to deal with this song on radio over and over and over again, I was like, I'm never gonna. Yeah. Same yep. here. Why bother? So let's move on then to a song that surprisingly spent one week at number one, A Whole New World by Peebo Bryson and Regina Bell. Okay. Not, I mean, I prefer the movie version of this song, but it's still, Absolutely. A, still not a bad version of the song. I mean, yeah. Oh, I like it. It's based on what this was. No, oh, yeah. I heard when I, the the summer of '93, I worked in my dad's office, and they used to pump pop radio over the speaker system, and so I heard this a couple times a day for the entire summer. That that'll do it. Yeah, there was like there was like several songs that were played all the time, and this was one of them. And it was so funny because he told me it's like. We turned off the radio thing, and everybody's told us they were so grateful. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's sucked, Dad. Yeah, I, it's funny because in comparison to its its counterpart, the um, you know, the Beauty and the Beast, it, this is better than that. But again, I I I much prefer the movie version. Oh yeah, like the actual oh, yeah. like animated. I am I I enjoy the cartoon singing it better. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the people singing it emotionally as opposed to the people singing it for pop radio. It's just, yeah. it makes it makes a big difference. It really does. All right. So let's move on then. God damn, seven weeks? I don't seven know weeks at number one, almost two months at number one? 
snow in form. I, oh my God. I have no idea what, what? this song is. Yeah. Icky boom boom down. Yeah, you're not helping. No, okay, no, it's Canadian not. reggae by okay. a guy who looked really similar to Vanilla Ice. Again, not really helping much. Yeah, no. Okay. I, I, I have no idea what this song is. I genuinely have no clue. Uh, I almost feel like I have to I have to put a drop in here now. So you, you'll, you'll hear it go, hey, oh. You do what you want oh. to, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you do you, man. <laughs> All right. Well, future Andy, who is editing this show, will remember to put that in there. <laughs> Informer, you know say that I'm a stomach, I go blam. I like you bomb bomb them, take the man that says that I'm a stomach, stab somebody out of lane. I like you bomb bomb them, take the man that says that I'm a stomach, stab somebody out of lane. I like you bomb bomb them, this time I'm gonna come in at the blow down my door. Rainy car through through my window, so they put me in the back of the car at the station. From that point, I'm a reach my destination, where the destination is in the east detention, where I'm looking at my pants, look at my butt, I'm so informer. You know, say that I'm a stomach, I go blam. I like you bomb bomb them, take the man that says that I'm a stomach, stab somewhere down the lane. I like you bomb bomb them. All right, since y'all don't remember that, and Joe's not here to go, oh, um, <laughs> we'll move on. Two weeks at number one for Silk. Freak me. Um, I don't know this one. I don't I'm know not going to do a drop. And anytime I hear a song which is obviously a sex jam, I just feel like it's that um, the thing from uh, Flight of the Concords for business time. Make it love. Make it love for two. Make it love for two minutes. Because <laughs> okay. when you're with me, this is all you need because I'm so intense. You look at me and you go, that's it. I know what you're saying. You're saying, oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you're not even doing the song we're talking about. You're just doing something else. <laughs> exactly. Yes, because none of us know, know this song. No. Yeah, exactly. I mean, legitimately, it spent less than about a third, not even, yeah, not even a third of the 1993 run of I Will Always Love You in terms of staying on number one. So. That's not a corner. Yeah, a whole new world. I don't get how this works. So uh, let, let's move on then. Eight weeks at number one. That's the way love goes by Janet Jackson. Um, sure. I, yeah, I, this, was the, uh, this was the Topless Hands on Her Boobs album. So that's all I remember uh, from uh, that. Right, right, right. Uh, I, I do remember the album cover. I Yep. If I heard this, if I heard this song, I might actually recognize it. That's what I think. Like I can, I can hear like an echoing of it in my head, but I don't know if it's the actual or if I'm making up a melody. So I'm just gonna leave it alone. I might. We should, we should really listen to these next year. <laughs> I, I I might know this song, but I honestly I'm not the biggest Janet Jackson song uh, fan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, the, she peaked Rhythm Nation. Since the title of the show. Uh, soundtrack for working the games at Whalen Park. You probably heard these theoretically, because they are. I, I actually I was kind of thinking more about all the the albums that we picked out 
I, yeah. I most of my albums that I picked out were not played at Whalen Park. Well, no, neither but, were mine. Uh, who? Wait, who? Actually, a couple of your albums definitely I heard in uh, in there, Catherine. Yeah, they played a lot of Tool at Whalen Park. I'm sure. Uh, actually, I'm looking at Pearl Jam. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we we got to get to we'll get to that later, Mike. We, we don't yeah, want to give away the the farm too much. That yes, this the, Geek Salad will be talking about Pearl Jam at some point. Um, all right, let's move on. Two weeks at number one. Week SWV. No idea. What is? I, I um I don't know. Strawberry walnut vanilla. I I, I don't know. Single uh, white victim? Maybe I don't know. Again. Probably a boner jam. I don't know. Um, all right. I, I can't Maybe a boner That's true. Well, but it could be a. It's probably a sex song, like you know, you make me weak in my nethers or something like that. I, oh, I don't know. Okay, so SWV I, stands for Sisters with Voices. Oh, okay. Sure. So it's a yeah. You you make me weak in the nethers. Yep. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Yep. American all right. R and B vocal studio from New York City. We do our research enough. Yeah. God. Well, you'd think we, I mean, we're all, fun, you know, functioning adults at this point that we might have our college students or in Mike's case, like a high school student. We might have had some passing knowledge of these, but I, I don't that's know. Not college, that's not my college years worked, man. Yeah. All right. Seven weeks. Number one, UB40. Can't help falling in love. Fuck UB40. I am so tired of these British bands. That try to do oldies and blues and just it's just the whitest thing to grace the radio. These guys in Simply Red. I kind of like this song. I cannot abide. What's that? I kind of like this song. Okay. I like there are (laughs) other versions of this song that I really love. I mean, it's an Elvis Presley song. I, I don't like. I will, I will tell you straight up that Corey Hart did a better version of this song. Sunglasses <laughs> at Night. Corey Hart did a better cover. I, I kind of like this version of it too. I'm sorry. Okay. I think. No, I, don't, I think the only version of this song I've heard that I can remember is the Elvis version because I would like sometimes go at the Pizza Hut in Acton and put it on uh, the uh, jukebox, and uh, then I go back to my back to my chair and it would come up and my dad would go Elvis. <laughs> yeah, well, Mike, it's okay that we've never had a convert. You know, in all the years we've known each other, I've never had a conversation about my feelings for UB40 or simply red. So, yeah, all right. yeah, UB40 doesn't really come up in our casual conversation all that much. Shockingly enough, shockingly casual enough, conversation, uh, no. But we definitely talked about simply red a few years ago when we were still in the eighties. Music. Oh, oh, I don't doubt that we did. And I probably said the same thing is that, uh, you know, I hate their white boy soul. So anyway, let's move on. Oh, look, Miss Mariah's on the on the uh, at number one for eight weeks. Dream lover. Yeah, I'm not a Mariah person. Yeah, for me, whenever I hear Mariah, I'm like, is my tinnitus acting up again? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure nope. she's talented because, you know, but I don't like the music she sings. No. We're still about seven years away from her losing her goddamn mind. So. 
I think the clues the clues were there though. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So anyway, all right, let's move on then. Five weeks at number one. <laughs> I'd do anything for love. Parenthesis, but I won't do that. End parenthesis by Meatloaf. Okay, yep, this was I did I did go the meatloaf route. Seriously, you you look oh. through the you look through the list of all the all the songs that hit number one and then you get to meatloaf and then one of these things is not like the others. Seriously. I mean it's the only song that can actually be considered rock and roll, even though it's you know, it's Jim Sheridan meatloaf. <laughs> um Yeah, I have had a I know we'll have some comments in our social media about this too. I have never liked this song ever, and I'm—I mean, I'm not the biggest Meatloaf fan, but I can appreciate the first "Bad Out of Hell" album. This thing was just like, oh god, this, this song, this song yeah, that won't this, go this, away. This, yeah, this—I—I I, I could totally appreciate that. This was, you know. Like we've talked about this in previous years, mostly I listened to my mom's radio growing up, and it wasn't until I went to college that I started listening to music I wanted to listen to. And so, yeah. you know, this album, I'm like, now I'm like, eh, you know, it's whatever. You know, some of the some of the songs on this album are fine, but, uh, yeah, I will I will allow this as like my gateway into my own music, but it's not the kind of thing that I would dial up anymore necessarily. Gotcha. It's it's not a good song, but at the same time, I can also kind of see why people might like it because it's it's not like oppressively awful. It's just kind <laughs> of almost generic. I you know what I can I, I I see where you're where you're going with that, Mike, and I I I agree with that. I think that it is it's generic enough, but. It because of what has been on this this list for the, you know for the majority of the year, I I totally understand why people would enjoy this song. I I do. Um, yeah. Now, it did did that it, did that stop me when Meatloaf died last year of making a joke about what we found out that he won't do that was, <laughs> and it was the vaccine. Um, yes, I went there, and I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, <laughs> Don't be. He wasn't ashamed of not but, taking the vaccine, so. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's 
because I would always joke too about like you know what what did he mean by I won't do that like uh, pegging. So, <laughs> I would I would assume cunnilingus, but okay. Well, that too, and I'm wait, wait. Sur- I'm I'm actually certain that's what the song is is written about because I mean look at the dude dude love to eat obviously but not that because he so, won't do that. So what you're saying is meatloaf is Batman. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. You're welcome. Oh, it's been over a year since we've had that call back, but a delightful one. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, well, you know, we have seen uh, people have done art on the internet that have proven that wrong, and I don't want to see anybody prove on the internet that they were that we're wrong about meatloaf. Don't, <laughs> oh, don't, God. don't, don't share. Yeah, well, let's not. Let's out there not. Don't, don't, don't do that. All right. <laughs> Or, you know, so, yeah, so, yeah, don't do that art, and don't do that. So, anyway, let's uh, move on. My God, there's only three weeks left in this awful year of music. Uh, two weeks at number one, again, by Janet Jackson. Okay. Yeah, not, um, again. not again. <laughs> and... One week at number one to close out the year, Hero by Mariah Carey. I'm sure we'll be talking about it again next year. I'm I, fairly certain we will. Off the top of my head, I can't place either one of these songs. I, I can't. This was this was a failing of I you know, it's almost like I should have listened to like a Spotify made playlist of like the hits of ninety three, but instead I was way more invested in what we did for our albums because that's stuff I want to talk about. Yeah, same here. I I, I spent all today listening listening to our playlists and I could give a rat's ass about the number ones. Yeah. That's usually how it goes, and it's getting more and more so as they continue to be very poppy, and we were all growing up and starting to really grow into our own selves. Finding, sure. yeah, finding something else to look at, yeah. yeah. So. And I was listening to country Not, at the time. Yeah, that's top, true. Top 40. So, anyway... All is not lost because we did ask for a whole ton of social media. So um, everyone get – if you had any social media feedback, grab that. I'm going to grab our Twitter um, our, our Twitter call-outs right now. Um, uh, I didn't – well, let me just go quick here. I didn't have a uh, social media shout-out, but uh-huh. um, my coworker today, Corey, uh, he did mention um, an album that we will be talking about later uh, – Smashing Pumpkins, I believe. Oh, excellent. No, we will, we'll have I lots did, to say about that one. I did Kramer in and add that to my list. Yeah. And we'll, you know, and we'll, we'll explain that in, in, in the second part of the, uh, the episode. But let's, uh, let's move over to Twitter, at Geek Salad Radio. We didn't get a whole lot of feedback for this one, which is kind of vexing, but at the same time, whatever. Uh, so first off, we have... None of my friends like comics uh, at no, no Comic Friends, and they bring out Cynics Focus, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I'm not familiar with this this band, Cynic. Um, nope. I have to check them out, though. They actually posted a picture of the album cover, too. So, um, And then we've got friend of the show, Kurt Smith, who will be bringing up some albums. I will, I will bring those up on the second half. Kurt knows how we do this show now. Uh, but for songs, he brings up Substitute by the Ramones, Nobody's Hero, and Animate by Rush. 
Kurtz, big rush fan. Sober by Tool. You'll be hearing more about Tool later on. And Daughter by Pearl Jam. Same thing. You'll be hearing more about them later on. So, Catherine, what did you get? Okay. So I got some uh, social media feedback on my Facebook. Uh, a good, good old friend of mine, Lynn, said that, you know, like me, it was her first year of college. She's like, I seem to remember lots of meatloaf. And she was like, and Melinda's more set, which wasn't freshman year. But actually, you know, uh, some of the songs that would eventually make it on a jagged little pill were released, you know, at least in Canada in 93. Um, and then she also said, right side Fred was in there. Uh, next up, I uh, have a couple co- former co-workers. One of them brought up Last Dance with Mary Jane by uh, Tom Petty and the Wildflowers from 93. Oh, good. Oh, you the Heartbreakers. Wildflowers was the name of an album. Oh, uh, okay. So it must be the album. Ah. Uh, and uh, Peter, uh, also a former co-worker, he mentioned In Utero, which we'll be talking about, Undertow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dream, these albums we will be talking about later, and also Verses. And he also mentioned, uh, and he got, like, his, who did the album and and the album title, but he mentioned uh, Midnight Marauder, Marauders. I think that's a tribe called Quest is the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cure for Pain Morphine. Not sure what order that goes in. Oh, uh, Cure, for, Cure for the Pain is great. Okay. Uh, Chaos AD, Sepultra. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know that Primus is a band and they had an album, Pork Soda. Yep, I had that album. Uh, Typo Negatives, Bloody Kisses. Transnational Speedway League Clutch. Uh, uh, Dead Can Dance had Into the Labyrinth. And then uh, the soundtrack to Judgment Night. Uh, in excesses, full moon, dirty hearts, and Depeche Mode's songs of faith and devotion live. Uh, it's so crazy. That live album is so much better than the than the studio album, which it's it's they're the same songs in the same order. It's, it's kind of cr- you you know what it's like when you go in front of a live audience. Yeah, yeah, that's that their energy must have been much better. Uh, yeah, so. All right. So on my Facebook list, uh, we've got uh, Kathleen Aldrich, which brings up Duran Duran's uh, Ordinary World, um, being followed up by uh, Dave Wisniewski, who brings up Come Undone, which was also in 93. We are going to be talking more about uh, that Duran Duran album on part two of this uh, of the episode. Uh, Dave brings up Insane in the, in the Brain by Cypress Hill. Which, insane in the membrane. Insane, insane in the, in the membrane. membrane, yeah. Insane in the brain. Uh, so, you know, because stoners. Um, and I'm going to be the Proclaimers. Now, interesting thing about that is that that song hit big in 93, but was actually released in 88. Mm. But it got all the prominence because of um, Benny and June. It hey, came that- out that year sense because you know a couple years like was it last year or the year before i talked about a school of fish and i started hearing their music on the radio again like a couple years ago which was the weirdest thing i'm like driving along listening to modern radio and i'm hearing something from 30 years ago and i was like you guys just discovered school of fish 
They were in the original <laughs> Point Break. What the fuck? Wow. <laughs> I, I will say about uh, I'm Gonna Be, though, the 500 Mile song, is that it's impossible to sing it without the Scottish accent. <laughs> um, Dave also brings up the, uh, he also brings up I'd do anything for love, but I won't do it. And says, as for me, never really a fan. Dave could listen to that song, but he won't do that. And then uh, Jonna brings up Breathe Again by Tony Braxton. So it it is a small but mighty list of of songs from uh, 93 uh, that our social media brought. Thank you, everybody, who uh, brought up those songs. So now, what would a musical retrospecticus be if we didn't have – a few words from Catherine's husband, also Joe, who's going to take us through the year 1993 in hip-hop. Oh my goodness, we're doing 1993. That seems like a lot because this was an incredible year for hip-hop. Uh there's so many choices. Please forgive me for everything I'm going to omit. I'm really just going to hit a couple of highlights and maybe a couple of my favorites. But, like, there is so much. There is so much that I am missing here. Uh, first up is Enter the Wu-Tang, uh, uh, The 36 Chambers, a seminal album that would go on to establish a ludicrous number of very talented rappers. Uh, it has absolutely stood the test of time. Uh, Cash rules everything around me. The mystery of chess boxing. All of it. Um... Next up, uh, we dive directly into Tupac's, strictly for my uh, acronym. You didn't think I was going to actually say that, do you? Uh, The Man, The Myth, The Legend. It was his second album after the Digital Underground days. He also became friends with Biggie that year, which would only end well. Uh, Keep Your Head Up is a powerful anthem for feminism. And Last Words is a track for the ages. Uh, that brings us to Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style, Snoop's debut solo album. Uh, it's heavy G-funk, music-meeting gangster rap, very melodic uh, on the hooks. Uh, it went four times platinum, and, uh, you know, that Snoop guy knew and knows what he's talking about. Gin and juice and relaxation, baby. Next up, uh, KRS-One. Put some respect on the name. This was uh, Return of the Boom Bap. Their talent was shining bright at this point, and this album brings some of their best work, including my personal favorite, Sound of the Police. Don't sleep on Out of Here, though. That one's great, as is the title track, naturally. Uh, two underrated albums of that year belong to Dell the Funky Homo Sapien and The Coup, No Need for Alarm, and Kill My Landlord, respectively. Both Dell and Boots Riley were still developing their styles that would continue to increase both the cleverness of their lyrics and the catchy production and hooks that would make them legends. And this misses so much good stuff. Like like Queen Latifah, Ice Cube, Easy e Too Short, Fat Joe, The Ghetto Boys. If you'll pardon the term, given the subject matter, 1993 was a real murderer's row of talent. You know what, Joe? Thank you very much. I forgot that uh, Snoop's first album came out that year. Also the Wu-Tang Clan. And Wu-Tang Clan. You know, they ain't nothing to fuck with. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was a, hip-hop was really interesting back then because I felt like they were getting back to, like, even the more, like, the heavier gangsta stuff was 
was able to find radio acceptance a little easier. I mean, we mm. all could thank the Chron, you know, Ice Cube's The Chronic for that, but um, that, that it really also, found it found a foothold in '93. I feel like. I think yeah. I think it's also partly because Boys in the Hood did so well. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that was '91 though. Yeah, but you know that the, the first time I saw it was in college in you know late '92, early '93. Yeah. Yeah, VHS. Personally, me. Yep. So like a lot of people were getting introduced to it. If they hadn't seen it in theaters, they were seeing it. You know, probably when they got to college, and other people were like, "You should watch this thing." Yeah. So, um, so let's bring up a few more uh, singles here that I, I felt were worthy of a mention because I knew this was going to be this is going to be like the fast portion of uh, <laughs> the show. Yeah. So let's start with uh, tag team. Whoop! There it is. Because oh, yeah. what would a '90s what would a '90s discussion about music be if we didn't have a novelty hip hop song that the group lived off of for decades? Yeah, and oh, yeah, this song first a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it. The the thing is, is that it's it's clean. It's very very clean rap, um, and it fits into anything. And you could sell it to. Anybody, if you're looking to just make a few bucks off of an endorsement deal. I mean, these guys were doing it for – was it ice cream? I just saw, recently saw an ad with uh, Tag Team where they're doing – I don't remember what the product was, but they're still living off those there-it-is royalties. Good for them. Yeah. 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 I, I remember I remember Ice-T was in Tank Girl, and he mentions whoop, there it is when he's like <laughs> something out in that movie. You know what? Hey, they've had one more hit than we have, so that's that's very very true. All right, so moving on, staying on the hip hop end here. Uh, you know, if if you aren't going to get your novelty hit, you could at least have your butt song, and that is "Rump Shaker" by Rex and Effects. Do you guys remember this one? To shake your rump. Yeah, all I want to do is rub a boom 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 and you zoom zoom. To shake your rump. Yep. I know of the song. Yeah, pretty much chasing here. <laughs> Catherine, any any thoughts on the Rump Shaker? Uh, if I heard it, really, I might remember that I'd ever heard it in my life. You just but... heard it from us. Yes, uh-huh. we just That's we were, it was like a live rep, 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 replication. I mean, Rex and Effects be suing us. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever known two more skilled rap artists than us? Huh? 
Yeah, I know. Seriously. Personally? Actually, I'm going to have to say yeah, because I know my husband. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> All right, fine. Yeah, Andy, we, we run off compared to other Joe. Definitely, probably, maybe next. Okay. All right. Ooh, number two. We're at number two. We're at number two. We're at number two. Maybe. Oh, okay. All right. So, um, all right. Then we've got uh, Two Princes by Spin Doctors. Man. Which? No idea. Oh, oh, yeah. This one I know. This yeah. One, one, two, two princes who adore you. That's oh. what I said now. Okay. Yep, yep. Now I know it. Yeah. Because of your I got this. Movie. I got this CD at a yard sale, and... Pocketful Kryptonite is like an okay album, um, and there were legitimately three good songs on it. This, um, Little Miss Can't Be Wrong, and uh, How Can You Want Him When You Know You Could Have Me. I think my favorite of those three would be Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. Yeah. It's not a bad song. That's a fun little song. It's funny, too, because Two Princes showed up on the So I Married an Axe Murderer soundtrack. So, I mean, it was everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, they did a version of it on the Sesame Street. They oh. did. Well, yeah. Here's our obligatory Muppet reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Elmo, Elmo was involved in the Sesame Street cover of Two Princes. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Where it's basically, it's basically, you know, like, I want to be your friend. Well, no, I want to be your friend. No, I want to be your friend. We can all be friends together. Oh my. Okay. So. I had no idea what spin doctors meant for the longest, longest time. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of dirty hippies. That's what they are. Uh, <laughs> all, all right. Let's let's move on. Break it down again by Tears for Fears. This is like there's two members of Tears for Fears: Kurt Smith and um, Roland Orzabal, and they broke up. But Roland Orzabal was able to keep the name Tears for Fear, so he legitimately is recording albums under under that name. And Break It Down Again actually isn't a bad song. I wouldn't put it up anywhere near the stuff they put out in the eighties, but Yeah, I, not a bad not a bad single. No idea. Okay. Okay. You just have to take my word for it. Um yep. Regret by New Order. Uh I legitimately am speaking to an audience of one here, which is me. Yeah. Um, it is a fine song. All right. Are you guys familiar with Cannonball by the Breeders? With that really cool bass riff? I might be. Yep, yep. Yes, yes, I do like this song. 
Okay, awesome. I got nothing. <laughs> now that you gave me the bass line, I'm totally on board. Yep. It's it's a great song. It It's funny because I like all I have to do is tell somebody who's never heard the song to watch the um there was an episode of the state where they had a skit where this guy is trying to pick up girls and they keep turning him down and then someone walks up to him and goes, "Have you maybe you should try pants." Pants and they like do like a snap zoom out and he's not wearing he's not wearing any pants like <laughs> i think you're right and then that bass line hits and it's just like every time i hear that song i just think you should try pants i would never i would like to never watch this so i don't have that image in my head more than i do right now it's hilarious it is actually hilarious. <laughs> they're wearing underwear so um <laughs> all right another one creep by radiohead Okay, I hate this song. Okay. I hate this song so much. Here's why. Okay, so this is like 93 is the year after my freshman year in college. Uh, I tried to get a, you know, rent a room with, a sublet a room with my boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. We didn't do a good job with money or having jobs. Or like, I, you know, again, I worked at my dad's office. He like tried one thing and then eventually worked at like the warehouse associated with my dad's office. And we got kicked out of our sublet and I had to live in my mom's place. And then he was on academic suspension and lived at my mom's place. And I had to be in what was supposed to be my bedroom with him there with his underwear hanging off my bookshelf singing this song at me. Oh, God. I hate this song. Oh, God. I did not realize it was going to bring back such terrible memories. That's okay. Uh, um, it's played on the radio and i just go yeah i, I just switch stations and i thumbs down it when i'm listening on uh iheart radio i'm like the song i'm like i get that people like this song but fuck this song <laughs> the, honestly the the title sounds familiar but i can't place it i'm a creep i'm a weirdo what the hell am i doing here i don't belong here yeah <laughs> <Nothing>. <laughs> It gets done as like you know it's it's a meme now with like a pile yeah. of that turns into a donut. Um, I still got nothing. Yeah, it's 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 really crazy too because Radiohead doesn't sound like this. Nothing else on that album sounded like this. Nothing else they did after that. It was like this was their pop hit, and then everything they did was like super experimental. I'm not a huge Radiohead fan, but I know a lot of people who are, and it's just like, oh, oh they're also they also did Creep, which again sounds nothing like any of the other stuff on there. Um, all right, I'm assuming Mike, were you the one who put the uh, the other two singles on here? I did. All right. Uh, yeah, we got um, Breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep Blue Something, because um, they did originally release it on their uh, 1993 album 11th Song. Uh-huh. Um, then they re-released it uh, in 1995, and then it, we're going to be talking about it in 1996 because that's when it hit number one. Ah. Oh wait, no, sorry, it peaked at number five. Is it? Is this the song that I know? Yeah. Yeah. And I say, what about breakfast and Tiffany's? And I think I yeah. said we both kind of liked it, which so, isn't really a ringing endorsement of either the movie or. The jewelry store. 
So yeah, technically it is a you know they released it as a single in like 1995, 1996. Yeah. But it they did originally release it on their 1993 album. So okay. I thought it was yeah. a gray area. That there. reminds me of the not the Proclaimers, uh, the Rembrandts. I'll be there for you. The theme to Friends, because that was released earlier than the than the show. Huh? Like I think it might have actually been released in like ninety two or ninety three. Oh wow! And then it hit big because of the, of, of of Friends. That makes sense. Yeah, a lot of those bands too that just like they all kind of sound like. Deep Blue Something or the Rembrandts or the Proclaimers, not the Proclaimers, because they were very Scottish. Um, but a lot of bands like that. You had another one on here, Mike. Uh, yeah, this one, like, I, I love the song, but I I just, I don't love the album, so I felt this is the only way I could bring it up. <laughs> That's uh, okay. Independence Day by Martina McBride. Okay. I am not familiar with this one. Um, it it was actually uh, um, used by a um, by like a you know conservative right wing host on on like their as their like intro song or whatever. But and the the writer for it is like, uh, no, you completely do not understand what this song is about. Ugh. But she didn't have any right. Like I guess the, the um, record album let him do it. So he was like, all right, fine, just give me the money. Oh jeez. Um, but I love the music industry. Yeah, but it, it's a really good song. It's kind of a dark song. Uh, it's, um, yeah, it, it's told like from the point of view of a child whose father is abusive and the mother eventually kind of think kills herself and the father while the kid's out. Oh, no. Yeah, but it, it basically it's about like Independence Day, like, you know, taking – you know, taking your uh, destiny into your own hands type thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, it's kind of an empowering thing, but uh, yeah, it's been used in the wrong way by a few people. Oh, Clearly do not understand what the song is about. Right. That's, uh, you know, that sounds just like anytime anyone tries to use Born in the USA as a patriotic anthem. Yeah. Totally isn't at all. Oh, I'm so upset when people, people uh, don't under, you know, like, Oh my God! How could no? Yeah, it's, 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 it's up there with Elvis playing America by Rammstein's like, dude, you have not listened to the chorus. Yeah, exactly. That's the reason why um, when the top when Top Gear did their uh, Vietnam special, if if you listen to the original unedited um, British version, their uh, their punishment vehicle was a motorcycle with American flags all over it that would play uh, Born in the USA. As they were driving through <laughs> Vietnam. Oh, so none of them wanted that. Yep. Oh, boy. Well, that... Are there any other singles you guys can think of? Uh, I didn't look at too much into singles. I have too many albums. Yeah, yeah me, me too. So, actually, I'm going to call an audible then. And, folks, if you are... Uh, if you're like, oh, man, this was a short episode... Um. So I think what we're going to do is I'm going to call an audible And I know that we had a couple of unclaimed albums These were albums that I think were in the ether That either me, Joe, or Catherine might have taken And nobody did And I think it's because we're all afraid You know, we had too many other albums to talk about And 
nobody can claim them, but they do warrant a mention. So, uh, Catherine, Mike, well, I think we're, I think Joe is going to be joining us at some point. Just looking at the the, the status of his uh, situation, of his his car battery. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, but let's. Let's hit on those two albums, uh, Catherine, that you brought up that we we absolutely just need to talk about. Okay, uh, let's go with the uh, you know Smashing Pumpkins album first. Siamese Dream. Yep, Siamese Dream, known for things like Cherub Rock, Today, Disarm, you know. It was their uh, second studio album. And at the time, there was a whole lot of drama in the band, you know, you know yep. all the drama. Uh, the frontman, Billy Corgan, felt this great pressure to make the next album to set the world on fire. Uh, the drummer was on heroin. The guitarist and the bassist had just broken up. Yep. And uh, again, the lead singer was also like fighting weight gain, suicidal depression, and Spider's block. Jeez. Drama City. Yeah, I am sure there is a VH1 behind the music about this. Oh, I don't (laughs) doubt that there is. I I don't doubt that there is, but... All the drama. But it's still like, you know, Cherub Rock, Today, those are, you know, those are songs that I, you know, still recognize. So, yeah, I just... I remember because I was at um, I was at SUNY when this album hit big, and all you had to do is hand somebody an acoustic guitar, and all of a sudden <laughs> they just start playing Disarm. <laughs> you know, if if we had like a, a row of those bell chimes, then we really would have rocked it. But um. It's a, it's a really you know honestly it's a solid album considering that like I run hot and cold on Smashing Pumpkins like I feel like they, when they when they put stuff out that's really good it's really good but then a lot of it just sounds like they're just wanking themselves and it's not so good yeah they they had they had some struggle they were compared against uh, like you know, other grunge bands coming out at the time. And so there was like all the pressure and yeah, all the, they all weren't the, really a grunge like, band. They were, 
they used a lot of yeah. like I mean they used a lot of feedback. They used I mean they were definitely an alternative band, right? But they didn't sound like they didn't have like that a typical Seattle sound. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at some of these other songs too that really um, just stuck with me here. Uh, you know, uh, Rocket. Rocket's a, actually a really good song. Um, Soma. Yep. yep. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, these. Are, I mean, these are. These are really good songs. Um, I mean, Billy Corgan's voice really works well for it. <laughs> but you know, again, it's like this was a, this was a really good album, and then. You know, they went straight into melancholy and the infinite sadness. It's like, did you get you guys? This is your third album. You didn't really need a double album for this. <laughs> yeah, I've never yeah, been big on Smashing Pumpkins. It's just not my They're, kind of thing. Yeah, it's not your not your. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't actually like. This is the one album I don't actually have. I just have the best of album where it's like oh, you know, I, and it's a two disc. Uh, set where it's like side A is like their best of and side B is uh, second disc is like rarities and B sides. Yeah. And I'm like, this yeah. is good enough for me. Yeah. I, you know, again, I, I love this album. It's, it's, I think head to toe, this is their, this is their best work. Um, and it just it, – it works. And again, uh, some of that might just be because there was the angst within, you know, the, the guitar the guitar section and, you know, Jimmy Chamberlain being on drugs and everything. <laughs> Sometimes it's just the perfect storm that you need. I mean, Fleetwood Mac Rumors is nothing but, you know, drugs and infidelity, and that's one of the greatest albums ever made. Yeah, they managed to so. push through the pain and, and make something that is very memorable. Yeah, yeah. And we had we had one other on here, which you know it was again it was it was just a, like a holdout. I was waiting for somebody to grab it, and nobody did. And Catherine brought up that we need to talk about it, and that's Pearl Jam's verses. Oh yeah, obviously this is this is a great album. I you know one of the things I have to get off my chest right now is the fact that like between ten and verses, you know the album titles and all of the song titles are one word except for the last song on verses, which is "Elderly Woman Behind the Counter in a Small Town." <laughs> and I that that just still tickles me. <laughs> you know, on top of on top of what Pearl Jam did and what they achieved, uh, and and what verses is, it's 
I just love the fact that they were like, okay, yeah, you want a longer title? We'll give you a longer title. <laughs> I'll give you all the titles at once. Um, what, I, what I love about Versus is that it kind of shows that Pearl Jam in and of themselves were evolving as a band. And it, it's that three album. They have three perfect albums, one after another. Ten, Versus, and then Viatology. And yeah. the way that their sound evolves throughout that, a 10 is very much a grunge album. 10, you know, with in, in certain instances is almost indistinguishable from Nevermind. Versus is, a tra- is just transgressing away from that sound into something uh, more rock and blues-based, but still had that hard rock edge to it. And I almost got like the way I'm picturing it right now is like a cover of an Animorphs book, just with Eddie Vedder just like transforming into something else, you know, with the cover project progression of of how that goes. That's a really weird analogy. I apologize for that. Um, I'll, I'll say like, you know, I'm not the biggest grunge fan. Um, mm-hmm. Versus is a much more accessible um, album, I think, for people that aren't the biggest grunge fan. Yeah. Like, um, Daughter is a decent song. I, I just I I heard that so many times while I was working the games at Whale yeah. Park. And a, I just a whole lot of play. Yeah, I I can't do it anymore. Yeah. I was like I I don't when I was listening to the the playlist this morning. I was like, Daughter, what's that song? Oh, that song. Oh, oh yeah. Skip. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm aware of this one. Um. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a decent song. It's an accessible song. I just heard it way too much during a very not good part, point in my life. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. I remember when I first heard this album, um, I mean, it kicks off with Go, and Go just throttles you. And it feels like it, it's an outtake from 10. But it's got that it's got that great opening track energy to it. Um, yeah. It's one of my fa- – honestly, Go is one of my favorite Pearl Jam songs, like, ever. Uh, and again, I, I, I just kind of feel like it it fit within 10, but it ended up on verses. Realistic, I think the only song, looking at the, 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 the list here, um, I'm not a big fan of Glorify G, but eh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's – there. It's- like like uh, Siamese Dreams is the second studio album that they put out. Yeah. And but they were like really stressed, you know. Also, you know, they were also under a lot of pressure because Ten had been so successful. They'd had crazy tours schedule, you know. They were doing great, and it was like, okay, do more. And they're like, uh, and 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 uh, you know, by all accounts that I read on the internet, it was a rougher album than Ten was. But they kind yeah. of. But it sounds like it it worked. It really worked. Oh yeah, I know it did. It did. Their grunge got rougher, and so was more accessible. Yeah. And what's crazy about this album too is because there was always in that time the the never-ending, not-existing battle between Nirvana and Pearl Jam, and Nevermind like heavily outsold Ten. And then these albums come out within a month of each other in the same year. And in part two, we'll talk about In Utero. But Versus just destroyed Ted uh, In Utero in terms of overall sales. It, it outsold them. Yeah. 
No, which because is, it's a really good album, and they, you know, while they're stressed about it, I think they got to be a little bit more than they had been before. Yeah. Whereas Utero is just sad. It not it's it's not never mind. It's yeah, and it's it's lasting legacy is sad. But we'll 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 talk about that as we kick off um part two, which I actually Catherine, I think that's a great way for us to transition uh to ending uh part one of this episode. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, Mike, do you have any albums that were not listed on your thing that you might want to bring up before we uh, we we move on to part two? Um, probably. I just can't give. I can't think of them off the top of my head. <laughs> That's okay. You threw me under the bus, dude. What the hell? So, I didn't throw you under the bus. I caught. I I I took you for. I, I you know. I, I caught you for a loop. There's a big difference. There's a big difference there. I know. All right. So anyway. Um, yeah, we will be back in a week to discuss our favorite albums of 1993. Um, maybe Joe will be able to join us. Maybe not. It's not looking good for his wife's car, unfortunately. Uh, but we will talk about the albums that Joe gave us because we will just do that because we are good friends. So anyway, uh, again, you can find us here next week to talk about the albums. If you like what you heard, thank you for listening. Um, if you're a first-time listener, thank you. Uh, go check out our archive. We are available wherever you get your podcast. Wherever you can listen to us right now, go back. There's more episodes. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel at Geek Salad uh, Podcast where Mike and I host weekly movie retro reviews um, for the month of February. And partially March, we're going to be uh, taking on the Academy Awards and talking about uh, various winners from vi- one from one each from every decade. So – that's been interesting so far. Can't wait yeah. to see how that goes when we bring up our next movie. We're in the 1950s now. so. <laughs> and if you want to follow us on the social medias, we are at Geek Salad Radio on Twitter, on Hive, on Mastodon, and Geek Salad Podcast on Facebook. So I think I've got everything. Yep. Awesome. So – um, until next time, and we'll see you next week. Until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Catherine. Go forth and be nerdful. Flip the record over. We'll talk to you in a week. Bye. Bye. No, I won't do that.